0: We're kicking off our hero series today with everyone's neighbor, Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers was more than a TV personality. He was a man deeply rooted in a calling to extend kindness and unconditional love and to help children grow in their emotional honesty. His story is moving, his integrity, work ethic, and authenticity inspiring, and his caring and compassion were groundbreaking. We share pieces of his story, tales of his audacious emotional authenticity, and wrap it up by sharing lessons learned from the life of Mr. Fred Rogers. Hi, I'm Becky, the host of the Girl on a Hill podcast, where we encourage you to stop hiding, start shining, and to be the woman you were created to be. You can download Girl on a Hill podcast on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple podcast, Google podcast, and Spotify. Thanks for listening And now, let's head to the hill. Hey, welcome to Girl on a Hill. I am so excited to be starting this brand new series with you today. We are going to be spending September talking about some heroes. And the first one is genuinely one of mine. Um, Huge influence in my life at my mythical dinner party. um, to, (laughs) To the point where when we lost our baby... I even prayed, God, let him be one of the ones to take Aww. care of them for me. Until, right? Yeah. Aww. We were talking about Mr. Rogers. Oh. And I, oh, I absolutely love this man. I cannot wait to meet him um, <laughs> so one cool. day in heaven. I've read so many books about him. Um, he's great. So we're just going to dump in. I have so much information to share with you. And I want to be the, the nerdy report girl and give you the full, <laughs> complete details of his life. But we're going to obviously, in a 30-minute podcast, we're going to hit the hit the highlights and yeah. keep moving. So, uh, as a child, Fred was very, very shy, uh-huh. which you probably wouldn't expect from a TV personality. He was extremely introverted, and he was overweight and bullied for his size. Uh-huh. Oh. I know. They called him Fat Freddy. <gasps> oh. He came from a very wealthy family. He was the probably the richest family in town. Uh-huh. Um, and his, but his parents were so philanthropic uh-huh. and very generous. Uh-huh. But after the Lindbergh baby was stolen, his parents were very overprotective and kept him uh-huh. inside most of the time because they were worried, uh-huh. you know, other wealthy children were going right. to get taken. Yeah, yeah, right. Ransomed, yeah. So this, coupled with often needing to stay home due to severe asthma. Uh-huh. He was inside his family's mansion most of his childhood. He oh. was kept, it, like, kind of isolated. But they had this big playroom up in the attic that had a puppet theater uh-huh. and a piano. Oh. Wow. And why I think this is important to mention, as we've been talking about this a little bit on the pod, is that the threads from our past— Often weave together to form the tapestry of our future, uh-huh. and that your passions and your accident, your uh, interests, are not an accident. Right. right. And so this man that would grow up to build this empire of caring and kindness, right, based on music and puppetry, uh-huh. makes these, sense. These things yeah. were in his childhood, <laughs> right. So it's like the things that that God brought to you in your life as a child matter. Right, and so don't think for a second that the little pieces of your childhood don't have this huge impact on who you are now. These threads, just look for the threads. Right. So that's the first thing I want you to start thinking about today, as we learn from Fred, Um, and that feels so disrespectful to call him. I was like, I like that you tried to
1: call him by his first name. I know (laughs) know, that's like like, it's you were such good friends. Like you're already at I this feel, dinner party. I mean,
0: <laughs> I feel like we were his friend. I mean, he looked right at me every week and told me I mattered. Uh-huh. Um, but what are some it's of true. the threads from your past that are being woven into your purpose that are shaping your passions? You know, think yeah. about that. I mean, I think about with me, it was it was books. Uh-huh. I was the book nerd in, in the book fort. And so books and words and writing. And I can see how that shaped me
1: mm-hmm.
0: into an adult today. Mm. But I just thought that was fascinating that this little boy was isolated with his puppets and his piano, uh-huh. and like, wow, so sweet, jaw drop. Um, he was very, very shy, and I found a quote, um, from him that I loved this because it made me think about you three. Um, <laughs> what helped him overcome some of his shyness in high school was he said this. This is a direct quote: "I made a couple friends who found out that the core of me was okay." Oh, that's so sweet. And I looked at and cuz I feel like I'm like what? I out that like you three like really you know that the core of me is okay. It's huh. definitely yeah. okay. Like, it's like, more than okay. okay. But you know like we all have our issues and I think yeah. sometimes we all focus on like the stuff we don't especially like like Fred who was severely bullied and mistreated mm. and mm. like it has a way of wearing you down but when you find your people that are like you're okay.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. It's okay to be you. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um this I want to I bring up too. And I've, I have felt this as I looked at a few of my own children over the years. He didn't fit into a box. Uh-huh.
1: Like even as a grown-up
0: man, he was not who you would. Yeah. He doesn't fit the manly stereotype. No. no. And he later said that he thinks sometimes people picked on him and they did like you know, all the SNL sketches and things yeah. because maybe people were threatened by seeing a kind of gentle masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he just, he didn't fit in the traditional man box, especially for the 60s and 70s. He wasn't what you would expect. Right. Men and state, even a gentle man. Yeah. You make assumptions, certain assumptions about that man. I mean, he was very different from his peers. He was friends with Arnold Arnold Palmer, Hmm. um, who, who, you know, would often joke that... You know, they they were very different. He was not athletic in any way. But <laughs> yeah. what I love is that Fred always throughout his whole life stayed true to who he was.
1: I That's awesome. And he didn't try mm-hmm.
0: to fit into a mold that made other people more comfortable.
1: Oh, that's I think that old. we've probably all experienced that so as yeah. we don't
0: fit into a box. No. You know, there's different. Mm-hmm. I'm not who you would think of as the perfect pastor's wife. Oh, that's a hard role any to, anywhere. Yeah. You go with that yeah. one. I
1: feel like that's just a hard
0: role. You know, but it's Yeah. You think about that and that but just that just made me feel so good because I've had I have a boy who doesn't fit into the rough and tumble. I want to uh. play guns and sports. Yeah. yeah. Kid, but yeah. a lot of people I don't like that expression. Oh, he's all boy. Well, yeah. you know what? Boys look different, girls look different, yeah. and you don't have to fit into this cookie cutter mold. So thank you, uh, Mr. Rogers. Well, I like the parts that. that hang out of the box. That's the really yeah. Parts. Yeah. That's- yeah. Okay. I told them earlier I don't know that I'm gonna be able to get through this whole thing. Like this man means so much to me and like Sid's already crying. Okay. Yeah, I know, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I love this. This is seriously. I found this story about something that happened when Fred was a boy, and for me it hits at the power Becky. At the power of moments and the power of words, and how one comment, mm-hmm. literally yes. one kindness. Can literally change not only one life, but the world. Absolutely. So this one comment made to him, I would posit, not only changed him forever, but literally changed my life, Mm. changed the world. Um, Eight-year-old Fred, like I said, he was very, like, lived a very sheltered life. Mm -hmm. He went into the parlor of his grandparents' home where a group of his family were talking and asked to climb the stone walls that surrounded the family farm. Everyone said no, except his grandfather, who said to let him, and that he needed to learn to do things by himself. Fred later said that he skinned his knees, tore his pants, and had the time of his life. Aww. Aww. When he was done, he told his adventures to his grandfather, and he said to him, Fred, you made this day a special day just by being yourself. Always remember there is just one person in this whole world like you, and yeah. I like you just the way you are. Oh. I mean, those are lyrics to songs that he wrote that I sang to my children. Uh-huh. Like you are my friend, you are special. you are there's only one in this wonderful world. you are special, or the other song it's you I like. It's not Aww. the clothes you wear, it's not the way you do your hair. it's you I like. And he believed his whole life that unconditional love was the most important thing you could ever give to a child, yeah, and I would say that you could ever give to humanity, yeah, and I would also say that humanity as a whole is not great at unconditional love. No. We put so many conditions mm-hmm. on our friendships, on our marriages, on our. That's not what it's about. That's not love.
1: Okay. I, I heard a thing this last week that every child is just one caring adult mm, away, away. from life change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, not everybody has that. No. I, you know, I, I mean, my life was not Mr. Rogers style yeah. growing up as a kid, but I can think of, like, friends' parents mm-hmm. who really invested in me. Yeah. yeah. And it helped make me who I am. Yeah. And it's changed my world because they cared. Yeah. Because they saw the value in me yes. when coming from the other side of the tracks. Yes. That's not always, you know, what yes. people see in you. So thank you, Mr. Rogers. I don't yeah. think we're close enough for me to call you Fred yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so going back to threads from childhood and how God just has this amazing way of weaving stuff throughout your whole life like just showing you your path like this is your path this is your purpose this is who I want you to be was music he discovered as early as five that he could express what he was feeling through the piano and this is something that I remember as a little kid and then I watched them again with my kids that he was talking about one way to deal with your mad feelings is to pound on the piano Mm. (laughs) there's literally I mean and he struggled with rage yeah you would never no. Know that it's usually the most quiet people do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and now this is big, and this is our next big Mister Rogers moment. He had been told as a kid to not let on about your feelings. Oh. I feel oh, like how many of us were told that. Yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. Generationally. You oh, know, yeah, traditional yeah. I mean, and this was growing up. But yeah. He was bullied, and what they told him, yeah, how was, was he well, don't that? let the bullies know that you care. But even as a little kid, he he knew that didn't sit right. He's like, but I do care. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm sure he asked himself that all the time. Why do I care? Yeah. You know? And he knew even as a kid, he couldn't do that. He couldn't pretend away his feelings. and He had a richness of emotional honesty, emotional honesty, Amen. and believed strongly in expressing your feelings and in feeling your feelings, uh-huh. which we're also, as humanity, pretty bad at. We're yeah. great <laughs> at sweeping them under the rug. Yep. Later, he would go before Congress, and you can like find these tapes. Oh, this cool. man is freaking amazing. So he was trying to uh, get Congress to not cut the PBS budget, which has been happens every several, you know, residencies. But he would go before Congress and he would express in his it's been called like one of the most powerful testimonies ever before Congress. But he stressed the importance of communicating. This is so big that feelings are both mentionable and manageable. Uh-huh. Right? And he said, mm. someone on TV needs to be telling this to children yeah. amen. that you can s- mention your feelings and you can manage your feelings. Absolutely. It yeah. is humongous. And later, Mr. Rogers drew on that emotional sensitivity that had once been seen as a weakness.
1: Yeah. Mm. He was
0: the boy and the man he was because that was who the world needed. Yeah, but right. The world didn't need a macho man. The world needed gentle, kind, emotionally honest Mr. Rogers. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. To let generations of children know my feelings are mentionable and manageable. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: I know he mattered a lot to my sister who grew up in the 70s. Yeah. She talks about him still very mm-hmm. like you're talking Personally, about yes. him. Like it is she mattered to him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So wow. Here's the thing: I hundred billion percent know we did.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I didn't meet him. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <matter. laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't have to. No. But, yeah. You know. Um. Okay. So much information. I mean, that mirrors with you know Christ and our belief in that. I mean, it's really comparable. I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Fred's family was one of the very first in his town to have a TV. And ironically, his family had much of its fortune because an early ancestor was like one of the first adopt investors in RCA Oh, like, TV. So like, <laughs> yeah. another thread. Uh-huh. Like, God has a purpose. Um, That's hilarious. Here's yeah. the thing, though. He turned it on one time up in the attic oh. to a very fuzzy broadcast uh-huh. to see what was being offered for children. And he saw people in costumes throwing pies. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And he was like horrified. Oh. Horrified. And he said... This is a wonderful tool for education. Why is it being used this way?
1: How old do you think he was at that point?
0: He was young. He he was, I think, in his teens. Um, And I was just thinking, man, if we could all Mr. Rogers, the powerful tools at our disposal right now. Amen. I was just thinking that. The first thing I was like, social media. Boom. It could be used for so much good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So at that point, though he felt a calling to be a minister. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, he delayed going to seminary and he went into television right after earning his bachelor's in music. Okay. An nice. actor, he was like working at NBC for a while in the building where, not, where uh, SNL is now filmed. Um. And one of the actors he was working with as a stagehand told him that he would talk to each viewer, look in the screen and pretend he was just talking to one viewer and that he was talking to each viewer individually. And he told like, 19 year old fred this and fred just was he thought well that is something not even a teacher can do Yeah, and i couldn't when i had 25 kids no, i couldn't talk to them all one right one-on-one but he knew as a host oh and everyone's watching at home i'm yeah. looking right into your eyes i am talking just to you uh-huh. <laughs> and that stuck with him now okay now this is um like book report time but i'm gonna cruise through this information he was it. so rad okay So he first, before Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, he did a show called The Children's Corner from 1955 to 1961. And this was where nearly all of his puppets had their start. (sighs) Okay. Puppets. Um, He was in his final year of seminary. He was taking a class at a time. He would often run off the set and take a class at seminary and then come back. Yeah. That's so sweet. Um, And he realized then how different he was from his co-host, where she was all about entertainment and he was all Mm -hmm. about education. Uh Uh-huh and this man had integrity coming out of his wazoo. If it uh-huh. didn't live up to his standards, he wasn't going to do it. Later she would say, if we had continued to work together, he would never have gotten to me Mr. Rogers because I would have been out front doing my thing.
1: Yeah. Because on the mm-hmm. children's
0: corner he was behind the scenes, uh-huh. pretty much just doing puppets.
1: puppets. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Um mm-hmm. you know, but the world needed him out front.
1: Right. Telling and the children, how much it on, mattered.
0: And on, on that show, it was just all about you know flashy and gimmicks. But he he need the world needed quiet, mild manner, no pies, uh huh, no pies, just him. When the show ended, he figured out. He kept figuring out ways to grow, learn, and use his gifts. He knew he wanted to use his ministry, but not as the pastor of a church. And this mm. this was hard. The people that ordain in in his uh, denomination weren't sure at first. But he said, "My pulpit is in front of a TV."
1: Uh-huh. Hey.
0: He really felt like his calling as a minister. I mean, he really saw it as something pastoral. I didn't realize all that.
1: Wow. So was, he did he ever actually? He did get <clears throat> ordained. Yes, but but never like it. He never was a pastor of a church.
0: Never as a church. He didn't want that. Uh, wow. He wanted to minister mm-hmm. to children and their families through television. Yeah. He like felt this like calling that he knew that. Uh-huh. Um. He did host a show called Mister Rogers, which is all like shoved together one word in Canada huh. for a little over a year. And most of what we associate with him now began there. Uh But his visa ran out. They came back to the States and he started Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, although it hadn't been funded well and it almost ran out of money. Oh no! Now, they did some PR just to try to, like, drum up stuff. And they expected that maybe 500 people would show up to this one event and 5,000.
1: Whoa, man. Loaves and fishes, baby. Letter (laughs)
0: campaigns started coming in where they were just shocked that this little rink-eating show with no budget. I mean, they were getting... So many letters Uh per week. Like, it mattered. The public knew that this quiet, genuine soul was needed, and his show was picked up. Although, he would turn down every single chance offered for his show to be on network television with commercials because of his uh, integrity. Uh He so very much disagreed with anything being marketed to children. Yeah, so he wouldn't still be on, do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he wouldn't be on a show that aired anything trying to sell things to children because he thought it diminished his integrity uh-huh. or his trustworthiness. Hmm. Yeah. And he also never was okay with licensing like his face, his characters. Uh-huh. That's why there were no toys. Oh, okay, he was against that. Uh-huh. He could have been.
1: Oh my gosh, had so yeah. much money,
0: and he he didn't care. He said one should never set out to be rich and famous, only to be helpful. Uh, <sighs> That's. Wow, wow what we people might do to today. SF, <laughs> right? So cool. Like, I didn't know that. Very oh. countercultural even then. Wow. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, of which he was the creator, showrunner and host, it ran from 1968 to 2001. To th- what? I did not realize. What? Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. Mr. Rogers wrote and edited every single episode. He played the piano and sang for most of the songs he wrote. 200 songs, 13 operas, and created all of the characters, both puppet and human. He played most of the major puppet roles doing their voices. He hosted every episode, and he produced and approved every detail of every program. That's so sweet. He worked hard. He also woke up every day at 4.30 so that he could have prayer and devotions, and then he would go swim like three miles, and then he would go do his show. No big deal. Living the life. Oh, my gosh. Like, that man's capacity... Yeah. It's I mean, but I can only think our capacity expands when we're fueled by passion and calling. We've talked about this. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I've heard it's tired in the work, but not of the work. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but when God wants you to do something, He'll make a way. Yeah.
1: yeah, and
0: and He's obviously fired about it. He was very passionate. Oh yeah, very passionate. I no wow. idea. It ran to two thousand one. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this is just getting into again. I I'm so blown away by this man. One of his first uh. After his show got picked up, one of the first episodes was airing during the thick of the Vietnam War. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And in the neighborhood of make-believe, King Friday called for barricades to be built and established border guards. Uh-huh. Like King Friday was jumping mm-hmm. on the war bandwagon. But Lady Aberlin and Daniel, Tiger, they sent balloons with messages of peace over the castle, filling Daniel with relief because he wanted everyone to have and experience peace. And that was who Mr. Rogers was and who he always was. He what? thought about what were what are the situations my young viewers are dealing with right now, uh-huh. like their real world problems, and he dealt with them, like honestly, and he dealt with them honestly, and he told right. the truth. It was age appropriate, but he talked like kids were actual people right. with right. actual feelings. Yeah, yeah. So each episode was really well thought out. So in the episode we just. Talked about, he thought like how scared kids must be feeling listening to their parents yeah, talk. Yeah, probably every kitchen table was talking about war oh, yeah, during yeah. Vietnam. Yeah, if they had the radio on, it was about that. If the TV was on, it was about that. But his thought was, "What are the kids thinking, and how can I help them?" Well, right. and
1: being a kid, I mean, they're probably the concern of the draft.
0: Talking oh, at the yeah. table, if yeah. Is there young, is kids? my brother going to go off to war? Yeah. Is Daddy going to go? Yeah, yeah, no, so. Totally. He talked about war in a way that kids could understand. He established in that episode that peace was an important value, and he helped kids get a sense of control because if balloons with messages of peace could stop a war in the land of make-believe, maybe they as a child weren't powerless. Yeah. Like, it's so much. He thought everything out. And all I was thinking was, oh, my goodness, I wish he had been here during COVID. I know. <laughs> right? Yeah. To make kids feel better. Yeah. Because aren't our kids probably feeling so overwhelmed yes. and overloaded hearing all of this talk? Yes. And then with all the social media, I would like to know how you handled that. Like, how would he handle that? I want to say, what would Freddie Rogers I do? I know. What would Fred do? <laughs> Following uh, JFK's assassination, which it's just crazy the amount of history yeah. he was on the air for. Yeah. Um, he quickly wrote a script. And he went on primetime TV oh. speaking to adults, not about them or about the issue, but about how to support and talk to their children. Oh. And he, oh my gosh, you can look at these. He would do this again after 9-11. He came out of retirement mm. after 9-11 to do this. Um, he created four short videos that ran on PBS on the anniversary of 9-11. <sighs> Speaking to the children who had grown up with him, who were now adults. Uh-huh. Oh. He was telling us that he was proud of us, oh. that he was glad we were lifelong friends, and he shared with adults how to talk to the kids in their life about the scary and hard things that had happened. That's funny. Yeah. I watched these in preparations for this and I wept. Oh. Yeah. Because he was like, Hi, friend. Oh. I'm so glad you're still here with me.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, I wish oh. I could Hold have seen hand. that. Then they are—I mean, well, yeah, I'm going to have then. to look it up now. Look them up now. Fifteen-year-old Julian could have used that. I needed that, that yeah. when that happened. Yeah, but he was
0: still—he was—he was shocked. I mean, he had to be talked into it a little bit. He's like, I don't know that I'm going to make any difference for people, but oh golly, did he! Wow. Um, he also he pushed boundaries. Uh-huh. I mean, he pushed crazy boundaries. So, in 1969, when um desegregated swimming pools yeah. oh. were still a thing the one with the- yes. yeah yeah she knows it's like this is a, this is groundbreaking he invited uh actor francois clemens to join him he had him dress up as a police officer oh, yeah. an african-american police officer so even right there and yeah. he invited him to come soak his feet in a wading pool
1: uh-huh it was a hot with day. him. oh i've seen that one yeah or I saw a clip or something. And if then you watched the I watched Oh, the, on the yeah. The, the Tom Hanks movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's there no. too, I think. Yeah, it is.
0: Um, and then he broke the barrier again when they shared the same towel to dry their feet. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh. Cause back then I mean oh. that seems like nothing now in nineteen sixty nine. Big um, deal. Um, he had Francois Clemens back in 2018. Yeah. They recreated the scene. But instead of using the same towel, this time Fred dried his feet. Oh, I mean, and you know who he was mimicking there.
1: Yeah. Wow. You said they did that again in 2018.
0: Yeah. So when did he pass? Um, they and I. I think they recreate. They must have. No, that must be wrong. Because I think he died before then. When did he die? He died in 2003. Okay. Hmm. I must be 19. I don't know what that is. Okay. That's still really. But scary. he had him back later. Yeah, I know that. His beliefs in the core values of respect, tolerance, inclusion, and kindness were unfortunately groundbreaking. No. Yeah, <laughs> and I venture to say, still are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not good at respect, tolerance, inclusion, or kindness. No, no, not as a culture. No, mm-hmm. obviously, no. Um, he sought to give children stability, and he. Was obviously a huge believer in social and emotional learning over cognitive learning, mm-hmm.
1: oh.
0: and that was big because that's what Sesame Street was pushing at the time was letters and flashies. Oh. And he's like, "No, kids need to know how to think and feel." So now, I really want to hit on how we're going to learn from. Uh, so here are some ways to learn from and emulate Mister Rogers. Slow down. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah, he did. The, he, there was definitely a pace to his show. It's you know. It wasn't rushed in any way, shape, or form.
0: When I asked my kids, do you guys have Mr. Rogers' memories, Henry said, one day when we were having a really hard day at school and we were being crazy and angry, you put him on for us, and it just calmed us all down. Uh, Yeah, he does have a very, very chill vibe. But there was one time where he took three full minutes of silence to watch his goldfish tank fill with a garden hose. (laughs) <laughs> I think oh, I have watched oh, that. Man. That sounds familiar. Oh. <laughs> but like we you 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 don't think about that. I mean kids, those kids shows, it's a new picture yeah, every it's so fast and flashing. That changes yeah. so your much brain. Stimulus. Yeah. And we think kids need that. They don't. They just need somebody who cares about them. Yeah. He was slow and deliberate on purpose. I okay, number two. Indulge curiosity. Yes. So People who grew up with Mr. Rogers like me probably remember Picture Picture. And Mr. McFeely would bring a disc and they would put it in and they would like have factory tours of mm-hmm. how things are made. Uh-huh. And I still remember vividly watching how crayons get made uh-huh. on oh, that I've show. Seen that one too. Yes. yes. I love that one. And I think the other one I remember is like uh, they made some kind of like violin mm-hmm. or trumpet or something. Yeah. And I just. I was fascinated. So cool. It was so cool. So indulge curiosity. Yeah. Okay. This is a big one too. It's okay to make mistakes and not get it right.
1: Yeah.
0: You are learning and growing. So on one segment, he was singing a song with several guests. It was kind of like a version of head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Uh Mm -hmm. And everybody else got it right. But he totally flubbed it up and he was touching the wrong body parts. Uh And production stopped and asked, "Do you want to do this over?" And he said, "Absolutely not. Leave this in." Uh-huh. Because he thought it was really important for kids to know that grown-ups make mistakes. Yeah. Grown-ups don't do everything perfectly or right the first time, and that learning new things is hard. Yeah. I think that's so huge. That's so powerful. It's, yeah. 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 That's awesome. I mean that really is powerful because
1: especially probably as a parent, you know, we're trying to, you know, correct and direct. Mm-hmm. And we don't discuss Necessarily the flaws. that, yes. that yeah. You know, like, yeah, we
0: are not. I miss up all, all the time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. I, know, I mean, kids, especially, I think of little kids like me, you get something wrong and like, oh, the I'm world a failure. Yeah. Yes well, I can't ever go back to swimming because I didn't do right on this test. Like, yes. no, learning new things is hard and kids yeah. need to hear those words.
1: It's awesome.
0: Grown ups need to hear those words too. Y- yes, yeah, we, we do. do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I think like, we need, yeah. yes, We still need Mr. Rogers. That's why so. we're
0: talking about him, right? Yes. This was big and this was a huge part of who he was. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. He was not afraid to talk about the big ones. Mm-hmm. He had shows about death, about divorce, about anger, about loneliness. When his goldfish died, he didn't replace it. Mm. he talked about it, and then they buried it. Oh because huh. guess what that's something a four-year-old is going to have to deal with. Yeah, and no, he, he was okay to come head- on. one time he got into like a little spat with um, Carol Spinney, who was the mm. man who played Big bird. Oh oh and he wanted Big Bird to come on and take. The headpiece off. Oh. Uh-huh. Kids are often really afraid of characters. Yeah. That's because they're scary sometimes, so, okay? The, <laughs> they are. So, But the the compromise then was that Big Bird could come on, but Big Bird could only be seen in the land of make-believe. Fred drew oh. a real hard line. He wouldn't let anything imagine, like imagination-based, uh-huh. magic-based oh, in the house. That's important. It was uh. all in the land of make-believe. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So Big Bird could only be in the land of make-believe.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he kind of, yeah, it is. But he kind of got his way, which kind of made me laugh. He's like, so Big Bird said no. So Mr. Rogers rented a giraffe suit <laughs> and came out in that and then took the head off. And I was like, oh. see, when you see characters and costumes, just know that that's a grown-up pretending to be someone else.
1: Yeah. yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love you, Mr. Rogers. I know you I know. Well, so was a kid. Sheesh,
0: yeah. Wanna be your friend. He also one time he had the actress who played the wicked witch in the Wizard of Oz. I did see that one because she's scared.
1: Well she's she not is scary, scary yeah. but she yeah. is. She looks
0: scary. She's yeah. like a kindergarten teacher, isn't she? Something like I don't that. know. She's like a like a real knight. But he had her come on first in like her regular hair and yeah. face and she doesn't uh-huh. have green skin and a dress. No. And then, you know, she talked to them, and then she put on her makeup and her outfit in front of the kids so that they could ah, see. see. the transformation. She's a tiny little yeah. lady. Like, She's- tiny. But that's so important. Like, there's nothing to be afraid of that is pretend. That is a lady dressing up.
1: <laughs> that would be so good for kids today because of, I mean. The Instagram the, and all that. <laughs> the watching of mm-hmm. the videos where we know as an adult it's paused and what's going yes. on yeah. but kids i you know somebody i know was like no that's real and i was like actually that's not real oh you know like it didn't even cross my mind what they were thinking and yeah so definitely
0: i feel like i wish we had this that. truth bomb on like the hgtv shows oh, oh yeah like, this kitchen actually took three months to complete <laughs> And
1: a like, team and, and they a team had of a 40 yes, people. unlimited exactly. budget and, and
0: yeah.
1: $36,000. Right. Because oh. we see
0: it and we're like, well, that took an afternoon. I can do it. Right. Yeah.
1: Sorry, <laughs> yeah. minutes.
0: I yeah. should do that. But he tackled the big topics instead of pretending like they didn't exist or happen. Yeah. I mean, most kids shows back, I mean, think about 1968. Yeah. I mean, being willing to talk about divorce. Yeah. Wow. Or and that was like,
1: yeah. Did they even in, have <laughs> like the television shows where they were
0: sleeping in the same bed at that point? Right. Exactly. I don't know. Like yeah. Ricky and Lucy still slept separately. I don't know. Well, I don't know. But
1: well, by 68, it was yeah. getting towards the 70s. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Definitely, but I mean, yeah. Issues those are big, big,
0: thing. big things. Um but I think we sugarcoat stuff for kids. Yeah. Definitely. Even still and he he just he was willing to confront those tough things.
1: But he did it at an age-appropriate yes. level,
0: which is amazing. Huge. Well, yeah, cuz you have to talk to a 4-year-old the way they get it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and it's so funny that during that time that's the latchkey period for kids yeah. was when yeah. he was on was yeah. from like 63 to like 85 or something yeah. it's like the date range for the generation mm-hmm. but that was right when he was in the thick of it yep uh,
0: i'm here with you yeah okay um his songs <laughs> so it's such a good feeling and that's how he would end each each day uh, each episode and lines from that song are Let's make the most of this beautiful day. Uh-huh. And I think I'll make a snappy new day. And so I thought if anybody emulates Marvel and delight, it's him. Absolutely. It's oh, true. Yeah. One 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 thing I, I read this weekend was that he pushed the whimsy button as hard as he could. <laughs> Both hands. <laughs> yeah. But like he marveled and delighted in things we take for granted. Yeah. Like, and I just would notice the way he would make people feel important by, like, marveling at the way they did their job. Yes.
1: I've, yeah, the way he would talk yeah. to people. I always liked that.
0: Yeah. Like, wow. Tell me about that. How you make those muffins. Like, it doesn't matter if you already know every step to making muffins. Like, you are helping True. that person feel important. Giving them value. And they are important. yes. Yeah. And you are And you're realizing, even if you think you know everything, like, I might have something to learn from watching you and taking an interest in what you do. Uh-huh. I mean, and that man marveled at everything. Let's look at this tree. Let's slow down and look how zippers work. I mean, genuine interest and delight. We're terrible at that. <laughs> he was a listener. He genuinely listened, like we just said, made the conversation about the other person.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which is what you're supposed to do in yeah. your personal conversation. <laughs> Most of us are just thinking about our next <laughs> yeah. retort.
0: He gave other people their full attention. I put, when do we give anything our full attention? Uh. Yeah. Uh, never. Um and he said, I think the most important part about communicating is the listening we do beforehand. Snap. Uh. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah, think
0: about yeah. that one. Uh let's see. I put, won't you be my neighbor?
1: Yeah. Yes. I <laughs> yeah. would yeah. like
0: to be your neighbor. And
1: we say hi neighbor. I know.
0: Mr. Rogers <laughs> neighborhood is a place. Where neighbors help each other find within themselves the courage to grow.
1: Yeah.
0: He had that. That was what was printed on his postcards. That where you find within your, where you help your neighbors find within themselves the courage to grow. And I'm like, that's what I want to do for my friends and my people. Like, help them find. Well, that, and he just included. Everybody could be his neighbor. He wasn't fussy about who could be his neighbor? And I feel like right. we kind of are.
1: That's the whole love your neighbor as yourself.
0: I never yes. even thought about. It. Now I know it's a ministry. It makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. And I put this too. He believed in teaching his faith through example. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. He was an amazing example of living his faith. He didn't have to be spouting Bible verses for you to know. Something's different about you. Yes. Yeah. No, probably why I liked
1: sense. him so, like mm-hmm. I sat down and I didn't know that I came in here with n- no expectations yes. other than everyone loves Mr. Rogers. And yeah. now that I know he's a Christian, well, first of all, yeah.
0: yes, we get to oh, meet him. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was always there was the way my dad talks about it is someone when you're with someone and you you separate from each other, what aroma do you leave with them? What mm, fragrance? Yes. Oh. And um, I'm like, Mr. Rogers just always makes me feel good. Yes, and calm. It like Jesus.
0: Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, he, he never the needed points. to say that. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I I hope you could tell. I hope yeah. strongly, and, and I now I want to be that kind of person where someone's like, Yeah, Becky loves Jesus. I want I want that to come wow. through. Yeah. Even though one time he did have a little bit of an attitude where it was one of his first shows and he wrote a song called "Good Night, God." And they weren't going to let him sing it anymore. And he's like, oh. well, then I guess me and my show don't need to be here. I'm like, they, oh. they let him sing those Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that's awesome. this uh To wrap up, too, um, he didn't fill his cast and crew with people who just thought and believed like him.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Um, they were very different. Oh. Very different. I mean, and this was the 70s. I mean, and these were people that, Ooh, I mean, wow. and he was... Real straight-laced. Yeah. I mean, these were people with the, with the long hair that were smoking pot, that were wearing... The go-go boot. Uh, he said his, word. his <laughs> main stage hand that he had a genuine friendship with had, like, T-shirts from, like, the sex shop. Uh-huh. Like, these were very, very different human beings. Yeah. Uh-huh. From him. But he had very genuine friendships with him. The one-stage manager would, would say, Fred would just know when I needed a call, and he would call me at home and just care. care and talk. He didn't judge them. He just loved them. Yeah. He just loved them. Um, That behavioral, authentic, lived out faith to me is so much more effective than arguing about theology or telling a stranger where you think their soul is headed. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, seriously. Because that doesn't doesn't get you anywhere. Doesn't get you, except for maybe they'll be turned off forever. Yes. Yes. But that genuine, living out your faith, loving people is, because that makes people curious. Yeah. Like, huh. Why are you that way?
1: Yeah, what makes you different? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, that's so cool. This, I put, someone asked, that I love this. My number one takeaway here, too, is use your skills, tools, and passions for good. Ask, am I passing the Fred test? Aww. He had a passion in his heart for puppets. He had a passion in his heart for music. He had a passion in his heart for children. Uh-huh. And he turned those passions into a lifetime I mean, multiple lifetimes of lives that will be affected.
1: Yeah. Definitely a legacy. Absolutely. red
0: test. Are we passing it? I mean, and then I'll just close with this. He said there are three ways to achieve success. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third (laughs) is to be kind.
1: Wow. There you have it.
0: (laughs) So be kind.
1: Be kind.
0: Oh, thank you, Mr. Rogers. Oh, yes. I... I so look forward to meeting him, and I so want to be like him. And he is our first hero, and that was really fun. Yes, he. I is. love learning about people and learning about people's story, and that's something I hope you take away from the series too. Is not that none of these people are perfect people; they all have flaws. They Absolutely. are all authentically human. Um, we're not elevating them above above the Lord or anything, but I think you can learn something from every life. And when you find out people's story. You just see the way these things weave together and what made them who they are. So cool. Like, whoa. So I'm just, I'm having fun learning about all these people and I, uh, we will be back next week with Absolutely. another awesome person to learn from. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Girl on a Hill podcast. Please help us out by sharing the podcast with your friends, connecting with us on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We're here to climb the hill with you as we all work to stop hiding, start shining, and be the women we were created to be. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.